Elizabeth Klandos is our guest today. She's a designer and social enterprise developer dedicated to bridging the gap between poverty and access. During her career, she's designed a line of collapsing customizable furniture, which allows for a more efficient and cost-effective production and distribution. Elizabeth is now the CEO and co-founder of Aspirational Technology, a triple bottom line social business focused on ending water poverty with affordable Ola filters in the developing world. The Ola filter is secured with advanced technology as well as a backwashing feature that allows for consistent reuse without replacement parts. Here at Raise Green, we value equal access and innovative technology, especially in relation to impoverished communities, which is why we're thrilled to have Elizabeth join us. I'm Elizabeth Clandos, and I'm the CEO of Ola Filter. And right now we are a seed stage green tech startup that has designed a water filter that can be manufactured in developing countries and most importantly, purchased by low income households in developing countries. Right now, a lot of the water filter provision is either relegated to cities where rich people can afford them and access them, or they are donation based. So we have this big group in the middle of people who make four to $10 a day, which is a very low income segment for developing countries. And those people can't wait around for donations. What we've done is create a product that speaks to poor people's aspirations, but most importantly is priced at a price that they can afford, which is $19, which is the price of a cooking pot. So it fits really well into their consumption patterns. That's amazing, Elizabeth. It seems like this should have been around a, a long time ago. Yeah, that's our thought exactly. So we have experience in developing countries and we did see a lot of these water filters that were given through donations. And they're really, the technology is really simple. It's something that if you went to REI today, you could find 40 filters like this. The difference is when those filters are imported to developing countries, it's not for the same usage context. What we're trying to do is create a product that is more of a household product. These items do exist in developing countries. However, they are priced far out of reach for the income segment that we're focused on. For example, water filter will cost a week's wage and we're hoping to get it down to two days wage. The water scarcity problem in developing countries is only worsening with increased privatization. And so as the water scarcity problem increases, we want to create a context in which people have can actually drink the water they already have access to. These people have paid their own money to lay pipes to their own homes. They do have tapped water. They simply cannot drink it. And so that tapped water is used for washing dishes, for doing household chores. And then in addition to paying for their tapped water, they also have to go and pay for purified water. So what we have is a supply chain in which poor people are buying their daily drinking water, jug by jug, plastic bottle by plastic bottle. And we want to change that on a very global scale. Yeah, that's a, that's a powerful goal, Elizabeth. You come from the background of doing international development. Can you talk about your experience going through Raise Green's crowdfunding platform and how it's different from traditional investing? We almost can't imagine a world in which we didn't choose Raise Green because the value that Raise Green has given us has been phenomenal. Everything from recommending the lawyer to helping us with marketing, to helping us through the Form C 
our background, like you said, is in international development. And with our third founder, it's in engineering and prototyping. We don't have experience in creating startups. We're not serial entrepreneurs. And so working with Gray's Green has been such a bonus for us because you guys have created this foundation in which it doesn't matter that we're not serial entrepreneurs because we're all so emission aligned that we get to have your experience. And did you think about uh, any other ways to raise money or, you know, did you try going to VCs? Did you try bank loans? We did try going other routes at the very beginning. We started this project in mid-September and our initial thought was that we would go straight to VCs. We a hardware solution for low-income people in emerging markets. It's not the easiest sell. And what we were getting a lot of pushback on was that we didn't have a product fully built. So we got a lot of responses, come back to us in a year, come back to us in a year. And we had exhausted our bootstrapping capability. And so crowdfunding was the way that we could pull our friends and family together to do a friends and family round and also extend that to larger networks within this scope of Raise Green, which is all very mission aligned and works really well. What we really liked also is all the due diligence because we wanted to show that we do due diligence at this end. And you know that the product we're going to put out has the same amount of attention and care. Amazing. Yeah. I I really found uh, working with you and your other co-founders to be so inspiring because you are so mission aligned and, you know, you said it there, how inclusion is really the key to solving your funding needs, but also to, you know, really extending the types of hardware solutions that you've developed in the form of the OLA filter to populations in in need of it. And your background, as well as your co-founder's background is, is so clearly ingrained in understanding that problem as it, as it manifests itself. I had fo- I was working in Guatemala and I had followed Monica out into the field and she was in the remote rural highlands of Guatemala setting up a solar power installation for a community that has absolutely no access to proper infrastructure. Uh, we brought a water filter with us and it was just a backpacking water filter and um, a man pulled me aside and he asked me where he could buy a filter and re- really embarrassingly my answer was maybe we have an extra one we could give you. Um, That's not an appropriate response. And he said, no, I have money. I can buy one. Where can I find one? And my answer was, you can't. And that was a pretty heartbreaking answer because it just really highlighted how being poor is not only difficult, it's also wildly inconvenient. People can't, and remember these poor people, people who make four to $10 a day, they're manual laborers. These are people who are carrying rocks on their back. They're women who work in the field. To not have access to a glass of clean drinking water at the end of the day, or to have to use your meager income and your tight budget to buy bottles of water, that's an expense that doesn't need to exist. So whenever we look at economic development, we look at it from two standpoints. One is economic growth. And then one is how do we make a world in which poor people can save their money more and they can use their money for more productive resources, for investment in education, for investment in their work, for paying for transport costs to get to work. So that was really the root of where we come from was economic development. And then seeing that this isn't a problem for that one man, this is a problem for 
2 billion people in the world. And what we wanted to do is just narrowly focus on this one point to make poor people's lives a little healthier, a little easier, a little more convenient, and have a model in which we can scale this to other places that need it. You know, how, how big is this market? And not even just market, but how big is the need for, uh, you know, filtered water, particularly in the developing world, but, you know, just, just even globally, um, you know, how big are these numbers? How many people don't have access to clean drinking water on a daily basis? The data really varies. And so we, we took a conservative estimate of that data and it is 2 billion people. Um, 2 billion people who are mostly rural or they live in peri-urban slums. And the it has a huge impact. And I know I spoke to convenience and I, I the access problem, but also one in three preventable deaths in the developing world are due to poor water. The only reason why children would die under the age of five besides malaria is poor water. So when we're talking about this, it's not hyperbolic for us to say this is a life-changing product. And um, when I was working in Guatemala, I was approached by a large NGO and they asked me because I knew the community really well. They asked if I would oversee a distribution of imported water filters. It was about 50 families. We found the poorest families in the community. I did the demonstration and then I pulled everyone out, uh, groups of 10, and I was going to show them bit by bit how they use these water filters. Because of my design background, as I'm showing the demonstration, I realized no one's going to use this. There, this is going to become a piece of trash, a piece of plastic, and that has huge consequences. If they don't learn how to use this, this is like, you know, X number of consequences. Um, and so what we did is we worked back from this failed water distribution attempt to really address through human-centered design how to make the product better. When I left the water filter distribution, I started to get so many texts because poor people do have cell phones and they do use WhatsApp and Facebook. Um, I got so many texts, can I get another water filter? No, they've already given away enough. Okay, well, where can I buy a water filter? And the focus became not on that we needed to donate more, it's just that we needed to be in the stores. We had a line of people waiting outside the demonstration saying, we know you're giving them away, we'll buy them at full price. Wow, so you, you know the need is there. Elizabeth, thank you so much for joining us today. As I said, you know, I'm deeply inspired by what you and Monica and Teresa are building. We're excited to, to share your story, uh, be a part of sharing your story with the world and wishing you all the best as you uh, move through this raise and start to get those filters built and into the hands of the folks that uh, can benefit so greatly from them. Thank you so much. It's been a real pleasure. And thank you to Raise Green because it's been a fantastic journey working with you guys. Thank you. I hope you have a wonderful day.